top of the morning to you, laddie. It's Craft Beer Radio for March 17th, 2007. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio on St. Patty's Day, episode 72. The show dedicated to craft beer, the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jay Bear. I mean, Jeff Bear. We had a listener who, uh, a blogger who uh, reviewed our show, gave us a great review. I called you Jay. Jay and Greg. Oh, oh that happened. <laughs> Thanks for the review anyway. Today, uh, we're doing porters. We did stouts last week, so we'll do porters this week. Yes, yeah. We actually we got some nice selection of porters here. We got a nice, robust porter. We have an oatmeal porter, a coffee porter. And then the Rogue Mocha Porter, which is, doesn't have coffee in it, but it has some of that it's reminiscence. Flavor. So basically we've got a, a, a flavored porter... Bonanza, right. if you will. There you go. All right, let's start off with... Um, let's do the Boulevard Bully Porter right. and talk about what porters are. Well, I mean, porters like stouts. I mean, we had this. We talked about that on the Stout Show. Porters are dark beers. They uh, have a, a, a roast malt flavor, but no roast barley flavor, right. which means that... Again, we've talked a lot, like in excess about what is in a porter versus what's in a stout. And stouts typically have roasted unmalted barley, where porters do not. And this guideline says that the flavor should have roast malt flavor as opposed to roast barley flavor. So, And that means... Well, I mean, when you malt uh, grains, you germinate them a little bit. And so if you, you have roasted germinated grains versus roasted ungerminated grains... What is the flavor difference going to be? Uh, I think you're going to tend to get a little more caramel on stout and a little more kind of um, charcoal in that sort of uh, roasty sense uh, on the porters. A little bit more astringent. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe that the flavor, because when you roast malted grains, it gets a little more, there's more complex carbohydrates in there, right? The more starches and things like right. that. So they get. Um, charred more so they have a different flavor than the unmalted ones which have the different kinds of proteins in there Mm -hmm. there's your science lesson for today I hope it was right (laughs) this this one kind of smells caramely doesn't it (laughs) this is the boulevard well this one has a ton of grain in the grain bill here Okay, I mean it is like Crazy, because uh, like we should say, we say about porters, and we said this last time about stouts. That's guideline, and you, you can really go either way. Yeah, robust porters are like right next door to stouts. Yeah. I mean, so you can probably call it a stout just as easy, and no one would, uh, no one would make heads or tails of it. it doesn't really matter. It depends on the body. Typically, stouts have a little more body, a little more viscosity to a more mouthfeel. Um, but the the grains in this thing, which gives it such a caramel taste, you were saying, is uh, pale caramunic special B and chocolate malts. No, I mean there's definitely caramel in the background. But there's also in the front that roastiness. The kind wow. of um, char, I, you know, charcoal. It sounds negative, but it's you know it, it's kind of a. Uh, it's not necessarily negative. It's, it, it's just a, it's a sort of a stringent burning burned. Grain flavor. The uh, the first flavor I got was hops, and then the the moros came afterwards. And this thing is also excessively hopped. And I actually tasted one of the hops in here. It uses uh, Magnum Simcoe, Athenum, and Cascade hops. And I, can you taste the Simcoe? 
Simcoe is that one that comes across a bit apricotty. With all the roast, it doesn't taste like apricots, but it, I, I mean, can taste there's it. definitely hops back there and hitting right in the back of your tongue, along with that caramel flavor. I think it's kind of contributing to that too. It's, it's pretty hoppy. Yeah, when I drink this, I get a, f- a taste of carbon dioxide. You know, feel the, the fizziness on my mouth, and then my whole mouth from back to front fills with hops, and then from front to back, the malt starts pushing, and I start now like. After I explained it for a few seconds, now I'm tasting all the the roast out of this beer. Hmm. I kind of it, it's a little different for me because immediately I get a, a hop thing and little caramel notes in the back, and then I get kind of roasty right up front, and that's just how it sticks around for me. It doesn't really it doesn't evolve like that. It just kind of okay. hits me all at once. Yeah, it, it was just interesting sensation because it's the uh, the front to back carbonation, then it was like a back to front hops, and then a front to back roast like tug of war <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> Boulevard Brewing Company. This is the Bully Porter. They're out of Kansas City, Missouri. It's the Bully Porter. Oh, yes. There's an exclamation exclamation point in the name. Bully, bully, bully. 194 calories and 47 international bitterness units in this beer. Well, we'll cut that in half because we're having it. At least the calorie part. Mm-hmm. If you're watching your weight. On the, the newest basic brewing radio, um, James Spencer was at Boulevard Brewing Company, and he interviewed the brewer. And it's a good listen. Talking about mentions this beer briefly. They have an oak aged version of this beer. Wow, <laughs> that'd be interesting. I yeah, because adding oak to the, there is a lot of complexity on this flavor. Adding oak on top of that mm-hmm. without overpowering it would be interesting. Well, you can control how long you oak it for. Right. You can control how much of the Jack Daniels you pour out of the barrel. Because right. some breweries leave it all in there, like. I'd say Weyerbacher is probably one of the ones that, you know, you'd get one of their oak beers and it just tastes whiskey because <laughs> it's so much, you know. Well, I mean, have you tried it since they changed? I tried their hops infusion. It was great. Right. No, no. I mean, but let's see. Have I had any of the Weyerbacher beers since we've started liking their beers again? Um, did I say I haven't had any oaked Weyerbacher? Um, not sure. Not sure when the last time I've had an oaked one was. I mean, because the oaked ones were the ones that I enjoyed before they reformulated most right. of their beers. But yeah, I, I had uh, I was at Bocktown the other day and I got a couple beers. How'd you like Bocktown? Not bad. Yeah, it's a nice little not place. Not bad at all. Uh, and I got um, Hops Infusion. I saw Weibarker there. I was like, well, I'll give it a shot because mm-hmm. we haven't liked it. And I really enjoyed Hops Infusion. I don't remember exactly how much I enjoyed it, but I do remember I enjoyed okay. it because I had a bunch of other views. Boulevard Brewing Company is available in Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Oklahoma, Arkansas, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wyoming, and Illinois. Opened in 1989. The brewers are Stephen Powells and Craig <laughs> Pajanowski. Annual production is 86,000 barrels. And we got to thank them because they're the ones who sent us these, I think, originally, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, John Brandt, uh, one of their sales guys, sent us these beers. So thank you very much. We actually enjoyed, I think, pretty much all of them. Yeah, we've taken our time to get around some of these. We're waiting for porters to do this one. It held up nice. It doesn't taste old or anything. We've had it for four or five months now, I think. Well, the best buy date does give it as February 17th, 2007. So Okay, so it's a month past. A month past. So it tastes good. It, 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 so we just hit it. So I think, you know, I think you can kind of give a month or... Yeah. This one's been in the fridge since I gotten it as well. So they're big on unfiltered at this brewery. And, you know, there's, a, it, there's not much yeast in the bottom of this bottle, but there's a little coating there. They, um, 
you know, they believe, they're one of the ones that believe that when you filter a beer, it strips out a lot of that flavor and complexity. Um, just because you're not tasting the yeast, right? Sure. You're just tasting the, the end yeast product. end product, right? And, uh, yeah, so they were said it was, you know, important to them that, you know, they don't filter their beers. Their their wheat beer is their number one seller. So obviously That's a big one where you gotta have the can't you know, filter wheat beers and there are things like Crystal Weizen's out of Germany. But I don't think I've ever seen a filtered wheat beer. They're also uh, messing around with um some new more crazy beers, which uh, listen to Basic Brewing Radio to get the details on that. I won't steal James's Thunder. Okay. Good interview though. So go check that out. Well, that was enjoyable. The next beer is, um, should we go with the Rogue? Sure, yeah. Rogue Mocha Porter, which is American Porter with 5.3% alcohol by volume, available from the Rogue Ales Brewery in Newport, Oregon. Rogue, and I've I've mentioned my, my thing with Rogue in the past, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll give a brief, brief uh, rundown. I like Rogue. I think Rogue makes good beers. I think they can make better beers. I think that they are running an 8 of 10 brewery, and they could be at least a 9, a 10, or a 10 of 10 brewery. Oh, okay. So you're not saying they're going for it. They're Yeah, I, I think that they're... Um, reserving something. Yeah, I think they're holding back a bit. And I, I just I feel like they have they certainly have the, the ability to do it. They can taste that in their stuff. I just think that everything is kind of dialed down to an 8 from them that I've had. That's just my thing. This beer was uh, sent to us by Alex from Portland. Thanks, Alex. How do you feel about Rogue? I like Rogue. I, I really like Rogue. There's uh, some beers I think are really solid, but uh, I, as you would say, I think the res- it seems like the reserve. Maybe it's the just because they use all um, use the Pac-Man used exclusively, but it seems like they're holding back. And you know, I I. I don't get really excited about new rogue beers. I've had a bunch of the John's Locker stock and their one-offs and their anniversaries, and like the last three or four, I've had good beers, but they they weren't something that excited me. So to the point where, yeah, I'll still try them, but I don't get excited about right. the prospect of getting a new rogue. And then you know, as soon as I say that, I'm going to get my socks knocked off because I know they can certainly do it. Like I think about the first time that I had their um, I2PA. Their Imperial IPA. I mean, it was the first time I had a beer. I'm like, wow, that's like biting into a grapefruit. And uh, it was my first double IPA, and it was uh, an excellent specimen. And the downside now is you have to pay $23 and get it in a ceramic bottle if you want to drink that beer. You can't get a 12-ounce you know, cap bottle anymore. Same problem with their Morimoto Imperial Pilsner, which I really did enjoy. So the flavor on this beer, it's um, a lot less carbonated than the last one. Mm-hmm. It... um. I can see why they're calling it Mocha Porter. I'm not necessarily tasting like coffee flavor because this beer doesn't have coffee in it, but a combination of the roast and the smoother mouthfeel. It does taste like you're drinking a cocoa or a coffee or something like that. Well, I can I can taste some some reminiscent some flavors reminiscent of coffee. Like said, mm-hmm. there's no coffee and there's no chocolate in here, right? But um, chocolate malt. Yeah, chocolate malt. Um, but they don't actually add anything as an adjunct into your has an interesting dryness to it, and that kind of kind of plays with the, the, the coffee type, yeah. uh, you know, uh, nuances that this thing has. It also has a, a good amount of hoppiness. Uh, the centennial hops, I can, you know, they say centennial hops, and I think that that's pretty 
prevalent because it's kind of the, the midway between Cascade and sort of East Kent Goldings is what I think of Centennial. It's kind of a, a somewhat floral but also somewhat grassy. To me, the hops are pretty neutral in this beer. They're not standing out like they were with the bully. The bully, they were really they're, they're pretty running big. all over the place. For me, I mean, the bully was more hoppy, but this one definitely a lot of hop flavor in there. Okay, I'm getting a little bit of hop bitterness now. Maybe it's just because we had it right after the bully, and the bully just you know ran all over your tongue with the hops. This is a nice porter. I haven't had this in years. Yeah, I had it. On, I had it on tap uh, once. A while ago, I didn't like it, so I've never been, you know, you know, went around to, to really try it again when it was on tap. But no, this bottle is great, so I'm gonna have to try it again. <laughs> the last time I had it uh, on tap, I think it was at Kelly's. Um, okay, and I was with you as a matter of fact. I think we went there. For, oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, okay. I think I, I've had it since then, but that was the last time I had it on tap. Okay, uh, Rogue's available in all 50 states. The uh, the DBBB tells us. So I have a uh, couple pieces of email here since uh, Greg left his at work. And um, Nick Martello wrote, and last week we talked about pushing beer, flat beer with CO2 and how it doesn't work. He says it works fine. So I must have been screwing something up there. He uh, suggested maybe I have a leak in my keg. I don't think that was it because the keg pressurized by itself and it was under pressure before I put the beer in it. Um, but he says, yeah, he's used CO2 to push flat beer before. Not a problem. So. Did you agitate it at all? Maybe there was a little bit of agitation going on. He thought, he suggested maybe my beer was cold, like refrigerated cold, because that helps beer absorb CO2. But no, it was just at fermentation temperatures. It was, it was 62 when I, uh, racked it and tried to do this thing to it. So. Mm. Not so sure. Still a mystery. Maybe there was like a little clog in the hose or something. Guess it's possible. Matt Harrington also wrote in. He uh, went to a beer fest out near Philly in Malvern, PA. It was at the uh, Desmond Hotel. And he uh, gave us a little review of some of the beers. Uh, each brewery had two beers. Appalachian Brewing had an Irish Red and something not too memorable. <laughs> Beth- Bethlehem Brew Works had their Blast Furnace Imperial Stout and uh, Valley Gold Nail. It's always a good name, isn't it? Uh, Dogfish Head was there with their 60-minute IBEA. Legacy was there with Hedonism. Have you ever had their Hedonism? Imperial Red something or another? I don't think so. It, it's a bitter beer. It's 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 a, it's a an extreme flavor experience, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, Sly Fox over the Saison Voss, which I haven't had yet. I want to try that. Spaten and Franzi were there. Um, must have been a you know, wholesale or something. Got in and have never seen get some optimator in Francis Connor. Not bad. It looks like uh, Mackenzie Brewhouse there at 80 Shilling, which is a cask conditioned Scotch ale. Ooh. And nice cask conditioned Scotch would be nice. And Abbey Six, which I assume is a. He said Weyerbacher was there with their double. quad and their double Simcoe, and he raved about the double Simcoe IPA from Weyerbacher. Really? And that's a good beer. It's certainly a good beer. I tell you, Weyerbacher has really gone up in my, in, in my estimation. Yeah. Good stuff for them. Victory uh, with Gold Monkey and Prima Pills. Prima Pills, excellent, excellent yep. beer. Um, Nick Mortella sent us a news story about barley prices shooting up. This is from a couple weeks ago. Uh, Financial Times carries a sobering report about how the price of barley, a keen reading in making beer and whiskey, is rising as a result of blo- booming demand for corn and other feedstocks for biofuels and ethanol. 
In the past year, barley futures prices have risen 85%. U.S. production has dropped to its lowest point since the Great Depression, and barley acreage is the smallest since record-keeping began in 1866. Mm. Heineken announced that, or warned that increased costs may, could be a result of the barley shortage. Exacerbated by a drought in Australia. I guess okay. they get some barley from there, too. Uh, the company said consumers can expect to pay more for his products. So if you're a Heineken fan... <laughs> Bummer. Where's <laughs> um, the other sheet of this? Do you have the uh, two second pages? No. No, it says page 101. Didn't print out. There was another story that Jamie Barlow sent us. We don't have the details because they didn't print. But uh, Anheuser-Busch purchased... Old Dominion Brewing, who makes Oak Barrel Stout and Tupper's Hop Pocket Pills. I wish I had the details out in front of me because I'd love to see what the analysis was. But that's interesting, it, to say the least. You know, um, you know, buying distribution rights for a brewery like that, they're a little smaller than Red Hook and Goose Island. and well, Maybe not Goose Island. They're about the same as Goose Island, I guess. But you understand the distribution rights part, but buying the brewery outright just... Looking to expand their portfolio, I guess. I guess. I, I mean, they would try to go after somebody. I guess they can't go after somebody like, say, Dogfish Head because a they're they're too big for them, and b they just they're the kind of guys who would say no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but that that would certainly make them you know a lot more respectable if they got someone who was a huge in the craft beer scene. Well, you know, once you get to a certain size, you don't need to be bought, right? Right. And I don't know. I wish I had the story printed out. We'll, uh, we'll put a link on our website so everyone can review it. But yeah, Anheuser Busch bought Old Dominion. Hopefully, it stays. Good I mean, if they if, if they just stay, keep them the same, and they're just simply you know soaking some money out of their bottom line. I mean, it's not great because because that means if you buy Oak Barrel Stout, for instance, you're giving money to Anheuser Busch at some point. But it's not. Well, it doesn't. Back to the Lou Bryson thing, right. which I believe you agree yeah. with. You know, if if someone puts out a good product, you know, I just, I we just, don't do craft beer radio not to give money to Anheuser. I'm just trying to hit it from all sides. Sure. I mean, because okay. I, I know people are going to look at it saying, I don't want to buy Oak Barrel Stout because I'm going to be giving money to Anheuser Busch now. But uh, and, the same argument is if you give Anheuser Busch money via Oak Barrel Stout, then they're going to start to see that's what people want to drink. So. It's a it's a two headed sword there. But I can understand people wanting to give money for craft beer and also not wanting conglomeration of all. Well, that's you know a lot of people like labels. the drink local theme, right? You know, yeah. drink the small brewery in your neighborhood, help those guys out, help the small business entrepreneur succeed, and you know don't support the the big business, um, you know, corporations. You know, it's all personal choice. I do like helping the uh, the small guy out. But I also want to try all the beer I can. As much so. as I, you know, I, I love, you know, I, I think that if, if you if Anderson Bush buys a brewery, they're more likely to be able to stay around if they're having financial trouble, for instance, or something along those lines. And, and if you if Anderson Bush gets all these breweries who have a bunch of you know craft beers, then maybe craft beer they'll see craft beer as great and they'll make more. But I don't want Anheuser Busch owning fifty different microbreweries in fifty different states. I don't want you know one company yeah, owning you don't want half to be of the craft beer on the market, even if it does remain all good. I, I I don't think that's good for for anybody. Right. Well, even even the bigger that that you know alliance you know that their 
you know, um, sub companies get, they'll just be a stronger, you know, anti establishment, you know, scene too for the breweries. So, right. you know, it's just, just business, I guess. Highland Oatmeal Porter is our next beer. 5.8% alcohol by volume from Highland Brewing Company in Asheville, North Carolina. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Highland, you know, is a brewery that, you know, when I get their beers, uh, I'm starting to get really impressed with their stuff. Their, um, we did their, remember we did their Irish Red? Or their Gaelic, their Gaelic Ale. Right. Um, not too long ago on the show. And I was never a fan of Irish Red type beers, but man, that one was tasty. And actually earlier this week, I drank the second one of those that we had and <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's, a, it's probably my favorite Irish Red. Definitely kind of a, a roasty sweetness coming oh. off of this one, yeah. Yeah, you get uh, some sweetness. It, it, Aroma-wise, you think like milk stout or something, don't you? Definitely. Yeah, you're getting like a sweetness that you would reminiscent of lactose. I'm not sure if I've ever really gotten that from other oatmeal-style beers. Oatmeal has say. other sugars in it, so I mean... Yeah. That's an oatmeal por- stout porter. Oatmeal porter, all right. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> You know, that still tastes like it has some lactose in it. Um, you can tastes, tell... tastes a lot like a Maccasin's, doesn't it? It does. It has a lot of that flavor. You can tell an oatmeal uh, beer because um, I don't know, there's kind of... Oh, man, it's going to sound horrible when I say this. Another one of these things is going to sound horrible. There's kind of a gooiness associated with sure. uh, with with the oatmeal. It kind of has... Oh, a, I, have a bowl of, I have a bowl of uh, plain oatmeal every day to keep my, you know, for the help right. my cholesterol. So I know what, you know, the gooiness of, you know, plain oats tastes like. And uh, actually, it's, it's an acquired taste. You know, at first yeah. I, had to, I had to, you know, really shove that stuff down. But uh, I kind of look forward to my bowl of oatmeal now. Now, I think... I'm trying to remember my good eats now, and I believe that's a result of a mixture of two proteins or two uh, starches, mm-hmm. amylose and amyloopectate. Okay, uh, which are kind of contributing to this sort of web of sort of almost gelatinous mm-hmm. consistency, and that is what's causing that little bit of gooiness. Okay, it doesn't say anything on the bottle about lactose in this thing, but man, does this taste like a Maccasin's or you know milk stout type flavor. Some of the other beers from Boulevard Brewing Co- or Highland Brewing Company, they have the Gaelic Ale, which we mentioned, St. Teresa's Pale Ale, Kashmir India Pale Ale, the Black Mocha Stout, which would have be been a fitting one for this uh, show, wouldn't it? Yeah. Cold Mountain Winter Ale, and then their Heather Ale, which, uh, did we taste that on the Heather Ale show? The- we may have. This is hopped with Chinook, Willamette, and Cascade, and it's not nearly as hopped as the other ones, but, I mean, there's a little bit of flavor, but it's not as hoppy as the last two we've had. No, the hops are really, really background on this beer. This thing is all roast and oats, and, like I said, that sweetness that you're getting, it's Reminds me of, you know, I can't believe there's not some milk and, you know, lactose in here. Although some of the hop tends to linger a bit, I think, as you let it go. What lingers is the hop flavor to me. I mean, the roast and oatmeal are evident up front, but what lingers is that hoppiness. I'm getting more of the the tannic bitterness from the malt lingering in my mouth instead of hop bitterness, really. 
That's what I'm getting. Jeff and I have different tongues today. We're definitely tasting different. I mean, it, it feels like we're tasting different beers because we definitely been noticing different things. It almost does, doesn't it? You know, uh, one thing we haven't done uh, since last time was what beer have I? <laughs> <laughs> since all the way from last show. Episode 71, the clues for what beer am I, is I am an American-style pilsner. I was first brewed in 1865 and was brewed by the oldest brewery in my city when I closed in 1967. Third clue was I am back for the first time in 40 years and I am now being brewed by my founder's great-grandson. And the answer is Siemens, real lager beer. We got responses from Chris Nork of Evansville, Indiana, Kurt Wallinger from Ashwabenham, Wisconsin, who had uh, found us listening to Basic Brewing Radio, and it's his first time writing in. Rick from the Big Foamy Head Podcast, David Gorgos from Philly, Andrew M. Morgan, Brian Clouser from St. Louis, Missouri. Garrett Shedron from St. Louis, Missouri as well. And uh, we will draw a winner here. And the winner is David Gorgos from Philly. David, you won a pine class from East End Brewing Company. Buy a good friend a good beer. David's been trying for a long time now. So congratulations. We'll be sending that pint glass out to you right quick now. No clues this week, but we'll be doing something even easier for everybody. So um, maybe we'll give away two because we'll probably have a lot of <laughs> Probably, listening. probably. So I have a question for all our craft beer radio listeners. And what beers are you anxious for? coming this spring this summer what spring and summer beers have you you know everyone gets excited for christmas beers right everyone wants the barley wines imperial stouts the old ales not you don't hear about people getting excited about springtime beers too much but you know there's beers i'm looking forward to i'm not going to say anything here i want to see what our listeners are excited for the next couple months Sounds good. So send your And I don't want to, you know, we're, the cutoff is Oktoberfests, you know, nothing in the fall. Spring and summer is all right. I want. Send your uh, answers to WBAI at craftbeerradio.com. Yeah, we want them to WBAI so they get tagged so you can be eligible for the, uh, the pint glass next week. Right. And we'll, I guess we'll do two. We'll do two next week. Sure. So. We'll draw two people. All right. So we're still having the Highland Oatmeal Porter, and we're having our own, you know, if you didn't have oatmeal for breakfast, then this is going to give you your oatmeal for tea. Hey, there we go. There goes our cholesterol right through the floor. <laughs> I don't know if the alcohol that was helping. Mm. That'd be an ad campaign, wouldn't it? Lower your cholesterol. Drink oatmeal stouts and porters. <laughs> have, to, have to work on that. <laughs> goes back to that uh, beer is healthy for you conversation right last yeah week. yeah which we didn't really have anybody you know send us any email on like i would i expected there to be a conversation with some people about oh but you know beer is healthier yeah you're right beer is not healthy at all no mm-hmm. one had anything to say about it yeah we did get that email from um greg our uh, listener from new zealand or it was a message board but he's like greg you're one opinionated <laughs> sob don't ever change <laughs> Well, you know, I can't argue with the truth. <laughs> so this um, this Highland um, oatmeal porter, it's it's nice. It's full bodied. It's I'm not tasting as much milk stout type flavoring as I did before. Getting more. Roast. I think the hops are contributing to that. I, I, yeah, I do think it, it's giving you a little bit of a sweetness kind of flavor in the, off of the back. Hmm. You think the hops are giving some sweetness? I think that they are with the oatmeal and with the rest of the roast here. I think the hops are kind of making it feel sweet. Okay, you know, kind of that 
some of the citrusy stuff that you get from Cascade Willamette are coming through as sort of sweet with respect to the roast. But, you know, Jeff is kind of like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I suppose. You gave me a but you're not, you're not convincing me, but, you know, whatever. No, but uh, we've had uh, some good beers tonight so far. Let's uh, bring out the last one. The very last beer of the night is the Mill Street Coffee Porter. It's an American porter with 5.5% alcohol by volume. All these are in the five range, so we're not going to be, you know, totally crazy tonight. Um this is uh, from Mill Street Brew Pub and Retail Store in Toronto, Ontario. This is their Balzac coffee porter using Balzac coffee. This was sent by Jamie as well, so thank you very much. Aside from Unibrew, I think this might be our first Canadian uh, craft beer that was shipped down across the border. I'm not sure if it's available in the United States or not. I would assume so since Jamie sent it to us, but... Don't know. Comes with a silk screen bottle. Looks like an old time soda bottle. Yeah. Now that's coffee for you. I love a coffee beer. Man, this will wake you up in the morning. It's really dark and roasty there. Yeah. It, it's actually it, the aroma's nice. I would when you said, "Wow, that's coffee beer." I was thinking over the top coffee flavor, and it was it was more refrained than what your response led me to assume that it was going to be like. I'm all a flutter today, aren't I? I guess one of us isn't tasting what we're tasting. <laughs> no, there's definitely coffee in the flavor, though. It's not... See, for me, the coffee isn't... It there, is it is. there it goes. Lots okay. of coffee flavor, but not nearly as stringent as a lot of coffee beers are. It's a lot sweeter than a lot of coffee porters and stouts are. Oh, there we go. Oh, now it hit. It, it took me, it took a while for me, because I was tasting... <laughs> and I'm still tasting a lot of... I'm, I'm tasting a lot of hops today. I'm tasting a lot of this post show beer. We're doing some do- doing a double IPA just so Greg's head explodes. <laughs> I'm tasting. I was tasting a lot of hops and a lot of uh, kind of astringencies uh, up front, and then the coffee really came through all around the outside. Like bam, kind of like uh, hmm. an You know, there's an island of hops with the whole sea of coffee around. Okay. It. See, I'm tasting the coffee up front, and it goes. It dissipates quickly. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we're like opposite day today. <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoy this coffee beer. It's probably one of my more favorite coffee in beer type combinations. It's really good. There's a lot of sweetness to it. Most coffee beers come across as really astringent or tannic. And this one's sweet and not astringent. And it works nice together. It's very t- You know, I'm going to have a real tough time ranking today. Yeah. <laughs> because we've yeah. had five good beers, including the pre-show beer. Yeah, it's it's gonna be one of our hardest shows to rank, I think. I, wow, I'm really gonna have a tough time. I'm, I'm trying to formulate it right now, and I'm like, no, yes, no. I mean, they they they're all really good. These are all recommended beers, I think. Yeah, if you see any of them, they're worth a try. Any thoughts on ranking? We're actually well, we're we're pretty. Uh, I think the goodness of the beers uh, shows in the. Uh, the 32-minute mark that we're yeah. at right now. Okay, so ranking. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, this is going to be one of the hardest ever. Remember the bully porter, too. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> it's really good. I have, to, I have to actually move bottles around to figure out... Man. 
my favorite that I think is going to be the Rogue Mocha Porter tonight. Okay. Uh, just it seems to have stood out. It was so smooth. It was smoother than the the Smutty Nose from the pre-show, which was a great porter, very drinkable. But the Rogue was just another step more drinkable. Right? Just went down another easier than you know. They all were good. I just enjoyed the Rogue just a bit more. So Rogue's number one. All right. Number two is almost a four-way tie. <laughs> um, I think I might put the Highland second. Um, the oatmeal, the the sweetness in that was was really enjoyable. Um, I feel bad because the ones I'm not ranking next because you know I guess I'm going to have to put the the coffee third, the Mill Street third. I'm going to put the Smutty Nose fourth, and the Bully fifth. And the bullies last, but in many shows it would be first or second. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. I am going to go a little bit different. Um, but again, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's really rough. I'm going to put the bully. I think a lot higher. Uh, but I think number one is going to be Smutty Nose. I really did enjoy that. It was nice and robust. It kind of gave me. It reminded me what a porter should be. You know, it was like, bam, I want that. I, I, give me Smutty Nose any day of the week. I think I'd really enjoy it. You know, I'll put Bully next. I uh, I really did enjoy the Bully Porter. Boulevard does a great job with this one. And I don't know how it's going to taste with oak in it, but it might be really good. It might be really bad. I don't know. Next, um, yeah, I'll go with the Coffee Porter third. Um, I love a coffee beer. So, you know, that, that's kind of part of what it mm-hmm. is, I think. It's just the coffee it is giving me. Yeah, I want the coffee. Uh, then after that, mm, uh, Boca Porter in Highland. I don't really have good reasons for it. It's just that's how they're lining up in my mind. Well, that's why I didn't really describe why I ranked the last three as I did because, you know, it's a cop-out if we don't rank. Yeah. And... Like I said, the bully was last on the table, but um, in many shows, <laughs> in many shows, it you know it's funny. I was thinking the very same thing. In many shows, it would rank first or second. It was a good beer. It just was the my fifth favorite tonight. What a show, Greg! Yeah. Uh, if every show could be like this, I think our jobs would be very easy in doing these shows, and our shows would be a lot shorter. That we had. Good things to say about the beers. We weren't stick here, sitting here scratching our heads trying to figure out, okay, what can I say about this right. beer? They were flavorful. They were easy to describe. It was weird how we tasted completely different things and just thought every beer tonight. But uh, I just goes to show you that um, try it. Everyone should try it and see which one, which side of the fence they're on. Absolutely, the Jeff side or the Greg side. Uh, we went to a show next week. I'll okay. be in Boston, but uh, we'll be back for the week after that. If you're in Boston. Look for the public house. I will try if I get a chance. The food is awesome. All right. See you all in two weeks when Greg returns from Massachusetts. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Call the cops, I think he's coming.